Hi, this is Pastor Jim. Thanks for joining us for this week's message from Riverside Church. I believe you will be inspired and blessed by the Word of God. We'd love to welcome you to one of our services next time you're in the Brisbane area. If you'd like to know more about us, go online at www.riversidecc.org.au or like us on Facebook to hear about up-and-coming events. I hope you enjoy the message. God bless you. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Why don't you turn to someone and say, it's nearly Christmas. Oh, come on, say it like you don't want it to happen. It's really Christmas. Do you know there's only 27 days to go? I have left a list on the back there of all the things I want, so you can just write your name right beside them, all right? Thank you for that one person. Good morning. You ready for the Word of God? I am. Good. Wow, what incredible worship this morning. Oh, it's just so powerful. Man, I just feel so honored to be able to worship with you. Let's pray. Let's allow, because you have to allow the Holy Spirit to bring revelation to your heart. Holy Spirit, we open our heart to you this morning. Holy Spirit, we want a revelation of Jesus. We want to see Jesus and who he is and what he's done. Lord, and we pray that we will be that revelation of Jesus to our community. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, sir. Amen. So, we are continuing on in the book of John. So, turn in your Bibles or switch them on, light them up, do what you need to, unroll the scroll. John chapter 14. Can you imagine the saints in heaven going, look, they just only have to press the button. They have the Word of God. We used to have to search through rolling scrolls. Incredible. So we're reading from John chapter 14, and this is a continuation of a conversation that Jesus is having with his disciples. In fact, this conversation goes from John chapter 13 all the way to John chapter 17. There is an enormous amount of information, enormous amount of instruction that Jesus is giving his disciples. It's known as Jesus' farewell message to them, and it's to us. So this will be our last week in the Gospel of John because next week we're starting our Christmas series called The Bright and Morning Star, Jesus. So we will be focusing on Jesus now, I know some people think, whoa, you've got Christmas trees, you know, what's that all about? Well, look on top of the tree. It's the star. And when I see a star, I always think of Jesus. He is the bright and morning star. And so we will be moving into that right up through December. So John chapter 14 is a continuation of the Last Supper. And what I would like to do this morning is I want to kind of like pull a few verses out of the end of 13 and then we're going to slip into 14 so that we have a context in which Jesus is speaking to his disciples. So can you help me preach this morning? Okay, three. Okay. Well, it, the harder it is, the longer I take. Can you help me preach this morning? Come on. All right. So I want you to do something for me this morning. I want you to 
close your eyes. Don't fall asleep. Just close them, all right? You can do that. I want you to close your eyes, and I want you to think about this. I want you to put yourself into the place of the Last Supper, that you are there as a disciple of Jesus, and you are a disciple of Jesus, and you're there with all of the disciples, and you've just had an incredible meal. There's been some laughter and joy, and you're sitting down. And then Jesus has gotten up, and he's washed your feet. And there's that uncomfortable feeling of, oh, that, that just doesn't seem right. And then he speaks. And this is what I want you to focus on. He says this to you. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. And as I told the Jewish leaders, you will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And Simon Peter jumps in. He says, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord? I'm ready to die for you, said Peter. And Jesus answered, die for me? Die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you have ever known me. And there's silence in the room. You can hear a pin drop. There's a tension that was never there before. And Jesus is leaving them, and they can't go with him. Now open your eyes. Imagine being in that setting, and you have been with Jesus for three years. You've touched him. You've seen the miracles. You've heard his words. You've felt his love, and he says, I'm leaving you. These disciples had been with him for three years. They had forsaken everything that they knew of worth. And now he's going. And there's this tension in the room of an uncertainty that was never there before. They're lost. He's going to the cross. And they're confused. And they're hurt because he's leaving them like orphans. I don't know if you've ever had that feeling of loneliness and feeling abandoned. It's, it's a pain that, that grips your heart and makes your head swoon. And you're confused beyond all reason. And you're frightened. What's the future? It's the experience that literally takes your breath away. And Jesus is looking at them and they're not saying anything. And he's sensing that in the midst of everything that he is moving to, the betrayal of Judas, the denial of Peter, the, the judgment of Pilate, the cross in its pain that is in his mind and before him, his friends are there and they're lost, they're confused. 
And at that moment, he says this. John chapter 14, verse 1. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Because their hearts were troubled. They're lost. He's leaving. Why is he leaving? Why does he have to go? Why do I have to stay? Why can't I go with him? That troubled heart means this in its original language. It's inward anxiety. It's emotional shock. Emotional shock. That, what do I do? Where do I go? Who can I follow? But he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Ever had a troubled heart? Ever had your breath taken away? And you're just losing it? And he says this, and he gives them the answer to that inward anxiety and that emotional shock that they're experiencing. And the answer is this. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Trust is the answer to the inward anxiety and that emotional shock that you're experiencing. Whatever it is, that word there is true for today as it was 2,000 years ago. Troubled heart, inward anxiety, emotional shock, trust in God, trust also in me. Trust is the answer. For that troubled heart, trusting in God and in Jesus is to take your heart to a higher place. God was bigger than their trouble. Is God bigger than your trouble? Of course he is. He's bigger than your trouble. But we tend to forget that in the midst of that shock and that anxiety. But God is bigger than your trouble. Trouble, trust in God. You have to trust. You have to make Jesus the Savior of your life, but also the Lord of your life. When you surrender your life to him, you are saying, it is no longer my will, Lord, but it is your will. Do you know we pray that? And Jesus said to disciples, I'll tell you how to pray. Let my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Think about that. Are you on earth? I know some people are on different planets, but are you on earth? You are on earth. And if you pray that prayer, your will be done on earth, and you are on earth, then you're saying, Jesus, let your will be done in my life on earth. My will should be your will. His will in your life. Here is the truth about trusting and trusting God. Trust means this, is to keep on believing in God. Keep on believing in God. Keep on having faith in God. Keep on being convinced of God. Keep on relying of God. Keep having confidence in God. I think the first part of that definition is so important. Keep on. Keep on. Don't throw it in. Don't give it up. What are you going to turn to? 
If you can't turn to God, who will then change your circumstances? Who will give you the strength and the faith to get through this life? Who? No one has more power than him. All power in heaven and earth, Jesus said, has been given to me. And he gives it to us to live our life. Whatever you are in at the moment, whatever your circumstances are, whatever trouble is happening in your heart, that inward anxiety and that emotional shock, keep trusting in Jesus. Don't quit. I've felt lost at times, to be honest with you. But where am I to go? Who can I go? I can only go to him who has the answer to everything. Please keep on. Don't throw it in. Those disciples who were lost, who had surrendered everything to him. And Jesus says, I'm going. You can't come with me. They're lost. But he says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Don't. Don't do it. Don't go there. You know what I'm talking about because we've been there. Yes? But don't. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And he continues. And I love the shift that Jesus takes us from where we are to where we're going to go. He says this. There is more than enough room in my father's homes. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? This scripture is a direct reference to heaven. In my father's house, there are many rooms. And that in in the original language is rooms upon rooms upon rooms. There are many rooms. You might be looking for a mansion. That's cool. There is mansions and whatever you want. You know what I think heaven will be like? It will be like heaven because Jesus is there. That's what it's going to be like. It doesn't matter if it's a room. Give me a back room. Give me the out room. Give me some room. And he's talking to them and he says, your hearts are troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Because in my father's house, my father's house, I know you're, in, you're feeling the stress now, but he says, don't, don't worry about it. He takes us to the place to where we are going. This life is transient. We're not going to stay here forever. You're going to have to leave things that you think are so dear to you. It's going. You can't keep them. Oh, he's so good. He's so good. He says this. I am going to prepare a place for you. Thursday, I don't know if you know this, because it's kind of like we're a little bit disconnected from different nations, but we know some of this. But on Thursday, it was Thanksgiving in the States. I mean, you might have heard that. And we got an invitation to uh, Ron and Suki Perel's house because Suki is American and she celebrates Thanksgiving. So she invited us and a couple other, I had to hang around with pastors. This, oh, yeah. I like people. I'm not crazy about pastors. It's kind of like, well, how big is your church? Well, it's, Jesus is there. It doesn't matter. He's, he's there. Is Jesus in your church? Oh, pastors are all right, but you know, you know what I mean, all right? If you're a salesperson hanging around with other salespeople, it's just like, or if you're a dentist and you hang around with other dentists, it's like, oh, they talk about his teeth. Oh, give me a break, you know? But we were there, and they said, we want you to come. We said, we want to come because Suki is a great cook. 
And she just, she just lays it on thick. I was like, there's turkey, there was pumpkin pie. First time I had pumpkin pie. I mean, I hate pumpkin, you know. But this isn't pumpkin, pumpkin. This is pumpkin pie pumpkin. And there's cinnamon in it. And it tastes really nice. So she, she was, I, I just knew it's going to be prepared. But because I'm just a wonderful type of person, I said, would you like us to bring anything? And she said, no. Because everything's been prepared. And I said, all right. I will bring, however, my eating face. <laughs> this is my eating face. We got there, walked through the door, and everything was prepared. We didn't have to worry if the chicken was burnt or the turkey was run away. Everything. And we just went and said, Jesus is preparing everything that you need for you. He's not worried about your trouble. You're going to have trouble. You know, you're going to have trouble right here in River City with a capital T that rhymes with P and that stands for pool. For those who know, they know. For those who don't, they won't. But you're going to have trouble. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Because in my Father's house, there are many, many, many mansions and rooms. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you. Because you see, Jesus wants to take us from how we see things in this life and to take us to the place of eternal life. Because he is about life. How good is that? Have you ever worried about something? Good to hear it. But the honest people, have you ever worried about something and got to the end of your worry, got to the end of your worry, and you say to yourself, what? Why was I so worried? Can I see any hands? Come on, tell the truth. You're in church, right? Father, are you watching those who aren't telling the truth? We've all, we've all been there. We've gone like, I'm worried about this. This is going to happen. Blah, 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 blah. And we get there and we go, what am I so worried about? Well, there was this guy, and he used to worry all the time, all the time. And he got to a stage of worrying so much that he would worry that he wasn't worrying enough. And he got so stressed. And I go, oh, oh, oh. finally, someone said, go and see a counselor. So they, they sent him to a counselor. He went to the counselor and the counselor said to him, you're a pretty rich guy. I have a solution for you. Why don't you pay someone to worry for you? Anyway, you know the little, it's a great idea. He went home, put an ad on Facebook, Marketplace, wanted one person to worry for $1,000 a week. Well, heaps of people put their hands up. Finally, he picked someone who looked pretty good at worrying and he employed them. But something terrible happened after about three months. You know, he was paying this guy 1000 bucks a week. Bang, bang, bang. It's all happening. Great. This guy is just like who used to worry, has no worry. He's happy. He comes to church. He smiles. That's always a good sign, coming to church and smile. He's enjoying life. And he sees something and he goes, oh, not my worry. Not my worry. You worry. I'm not worrying. But something sad really happened. He went broke. 
he lost all his money. <laughs> he stopped paying the guy who was worrying for him. So the guy came to him who was doing all the worry and says, you've gone broke. You haven't paid me for a month. What are you going to do? And the guy said, it's not my worry. You've got to get to a stage in your life where you just don't have to worry because Jesus has taken all of it. He's got it. We know where we're going. Relax. Enjoy the journey. Sit back and smile. Life is good. What are you worried about? Verse 3, we're only to verse 3. When everything is ready, Jesus says, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. He is preparing, he is coming, and he will be there. That should warm your heart, folks. He is preparing, he is coming, and he will be there. That brings confidence to the disciples, you would think. You would think they would go, oh, it's great. I don't have to worry. But you know what? Jesus goes on to say this, and he says, and you know the way to where I'm going. Okay. But there is always that guy in school or at work, not in church, but there's always that person. And they say this, and it's Thomas. And he says, no, we don't know, Lord. You know to where I am going. You know the way to where I am going. He says, no, we don't. We don't know. We have, listen to this, we have no idea where you are going. So how can we know the way? We have no idea. These guys have been with them for three years. Do you know that this is not the first time that Jesus has spoken about what is going to happen? Mark's gospel actually records Mark chapter 8, Mark chapter 9, Mark chapter 10. In the end of the verses, verse 31, 30, in all of those, Jesus tells them the Son of Man must be betrayed he must be judged by the, those of religious power and he will be crucified, but he will rise again. Three times before this, and they go, we got no idea. We don't know what you're doing. Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and they're talking to you and they kind of like drift off? You know, they're, they're talking and you go, oh, sorry, Pape. I mean, uh, sorry, uh, I, I heard you, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> Ladies, your opportunity to respond right now. I see that hand. Is there another? Is there another? See that hand? See that hand? Someone's crying down the back. It's all right. We'll pray for you later. You're speaking and you kind of like just drift off. I wonder how many times has the Lord spoken to us and we've drift off. 
I saw a funny Christian meme that popped up on Facebook. And there's a picture of a, a woman going, I wonder if he really loves me, if he does really care. And there's, you know, that's the bubble. And there's the bubble on the guy. And it says this, if I get a heart transplant and that person's not a Christian, do I have to ask Jesus back into my heart? Now, I don't want us to start a the, the, <laughs> theological kind of like question. What, what, where? But how often has Lord, the Lord spoken to you about something and you go, sorry, what was that? They're no different to us. Read between the lines. Jesus thought they knew, but they had no clue. No clue. So Jesus makes this statement, this next statement, that we quote as believers in the 21st century all the time. And it's a quote that can give you confidence. It's one of those statements that no one has ever made before and no one since that can say this with all honesty. This scripture revolutionized the disciples' life. It changed their relationship with God and it changed everything. And it is this. After they're saying, we, we got no clue. We don't know. We're stressed out to the max. Jesus says this. I am the way, the truth and the life. No man can come to the Father except through me. And you read that and you go, well, yeah, I've said that. The way, the truth and the life. That was such a significant statement to the Jew at that time. It, it, it's, it's just not a throwaway line or something that we quote. You see, their minds would have raced, literally raced through all the Old Testament scriptures, the prophets, the Psalms, back to the writings of Moses because of those three words, the way, the truth, and the life. The center of their world was Scripture, Old Testament. That was their community. That's what they had kind of like centered upon. That was actually a daily life discussion that they would have amongst themselves, as we would sit. If Brad and I were sitting at the bus stop 2,000 years ago, waiting for the bus, that would be a miracle. But if we're waiting there, we would discuss, what do you think the way to God is? What do you think truth is? What about life? This was a discussion, folks. The way, the truth, and the life for them. Listen to this scripture, Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. Because they were so focused on getting to God, knowing the right way, living in truth, living an empowered life. Listen to this, Genesis 3, 24. After man fell, God placed a flaming sword to guard the way to the tree of life. And they would speak about that. Why did God put a flaming sword to the way to the tree of life? I don't know. What did, was it the power of sin that bad that we're cut off from the way of life? Yes. And truth. Psalm 22 verse 5 says this. This is the cry of David's heart. Lead me by your truth. 
and teach me, for you are the God that saves me. All day long I put my hope in you. That's the cry of man there. Lead me by your truth. Teach me. For God, you saved me, and if I don't know which way to go, what is the truth and the life? Psalm 42, verse 8. Praying to the God who gives life. Wow. They often spoke about these things, the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is trying to pull them back to what is important, to push them forward to eternity. Jesus spoke to three areas of contemplation regarding their life, their existence. And you know, these three things are so important for us today. The way, the truth, the life. So let's look at them as we're coming to this important scripture. He says that he is the way. Folks, he is the direction and he gives the direction. He is the direction and he gives the direction. Let's just say you're walking down here, Oxley Road. Sorry, you're in a car driving and you see someone walking down Oxley Road. I know this has happened to me, so if it's happened to me, it's happened to everyone because I'm a pretty normal type of guy, Bradley. You're going somewhere and you've never been there before, but you get lost. But you see someone who looks like a local. So what do you do? Your wife gives you instruction, pull over and ask for directions. (laughs) Thank you, Alyssa. You pull over and ask for directions. So you press the button or wind down the window and you say, can you tell me the way to Nita Street in Corinda? I've never been here. I'm lost. And they do this. Ah, Nita Street. I know Nita Street. Now, you go down here and then you're going to pass a petrol station on your left. Oh, hang on. Uh, uh, there's a petrol station on your left and there's a petrol station on your right. And then you'll come to a third petrol station. Make sure you keep going. So there's three petrol stations. But don't, if you need to stop for petrol, don't stop at the, the one that's got the donuts because my wife always buys me donuts if I stop at the one with the donuts. But keep going down the road and when you go down the road, you're going to come to, the last petrol station is the one with the smiley face on it. That's the one across the road from the church. It's on the right-hand side. But before you come to that, make sure you slow down because you're coming into a 40 zone. And when you come to the 40 zone, before you come to the 40 zone, don't turn left, go under the bridge, all right? And then you get to the top, then you're going to go through one, two, three, three. Don't turn left, keep going. Whatever you do, keep going. And then as you keep going, you're going to come to another set of lights. Don't go through those. Don't turn right. Keep going straight ahead. And then turn left and you go all the way down to the end, but not right down to the end because that's a dead end. And if you went right down to the dead end, you wouldn't make the street, which is Nita Street, which is on the left. Everything is on the left. Who's ever had directions like that before when you've pulled over? I mean, seriously, and you go, how many petrol stations were there? Was it the one with the donuts that I turned left at? 
But let's just say you're just driving along and you're lost and you see a local guy and you pull up and you say, do you know the way to Nita Street? And the guy says, oh, I know Nita Street. I live in Nita Street. You live in Nita Street? Yeah. What number are you going to? He says, I'm going to number three. You're going to number three? I live in number three. My name's Alex. We're going to see your dad. Pastor Jim, you're the son of the father? Yes, I am. Do you ask him for directions? No. You say, get into the car. Get into the car. In this scenario, which is totally fiction, he gets into the car. She said, this is the opposite of what you taught us. He's over 30. Look at the size of him. He's a giant, that guy. You get him in the car. Because he's not only knows the direction, he is the direction to the Father. You've got to get Jesus in the car. He doesn't have to take the wheel. You can hold the wheel. You just got to get him in the car. When you ask him in your life, he's in the car. Jesus, which way do I go? You better stop right now. Who's ever had the Holy Spirit say, stop? I know. Lots of times. Stop. Go. You know what I don't like is the, wait. (laughs) He is the way. He not only gives direction, he is the direction. We're setting towards him. The disciples needed to know that. They were going to get lost in life if they didn't keep Jesus as the way. Truth. Truth which is true, correct, can be depended upon, is pure, genuine, and authentic. The older I get, which is daily, the older I get, the more I appreciate genuine and authentic people. I get an amen? Genuine and authentic. Now, sometimes it takes time, doesn't it? But you know what? When you find someone who is genuine, when you find someone who is authentic, and you know that, do you know how you are in their presence? You're relaxed. Because you're not stressing out whether they're telling you the truth. It's one furphy after another. You know they tell you the truth. And the truth can be confronting, and that's okay. Truth isn't damaging as in hurtful, as in destructive. Truth brings a change. There's this Persian proverb that I've read. It says this. That the one who speaks the truth is always at ease. If you speak truth, you don't have to worry. Jesus speaks truth. There is no worry in him. There's an old saying, I I know you know this, that a person's word is their bond. That's a saying that was came out of 
the 1500s out of Scotland. And this is the original saying that was taken and used from the 1500s all the way through even today. It says, O king's word should be king's bond. So what he say, it should be. That, that word is a person's bond was a legal binding contract before the advent of a written pledge. So what I say is the very thing that I do. Jesus' word is his bond because he is truth and we can rely upon him. We can depend upon him. Jesus said this in Hebrews 11.35. Paul quotes, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Even though you feel it, he hasn't left. Even though you don't believe it, he hasn't left. If you are worried and heavy laden, this is what it says. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all of you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Come to me, I'll give you rest. Truth is moral perfection. Moral perfection, truth is the embodiment of that what is said is being done. That is it, truth. You know, an agreement when people make, when they shake their hands, that's lost now. We have these contracts. But you know what? When Jesus speaks the word, because he is truth, you can rely on him. Principally, the concept of truth found in the New Testament, principally the truth that's found in the New Testament, it relates straight back to Jesus. You want truth? Look at his word. He's saying to his disciples, you're feeling all that trouble? Don't worry. Don't let it get hold of your heart. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my father's house is Many, many rooms. I'm going to prepare a place for you so that you can come and be with me because I am the way. I am the direction and I give direction and I am the truth. I am reliable. You can have confidence in his word. But then he says, I am the life. And it is life as God has it. As I was preparing this message, I thought, I am going to Google products that promote life. Is that all right? I have seven products for you that promote life. This is what the advertising says. It says, these seven products, listen to this, will instantly change your life. Instantly change your life. You will never be the same. Here's the first one. The first one that will instantly change your life is the Soda Stream Play Drinks Maker. I knew I just needed bubbles in my life, folks. The Soda Stream Play Drinks Maker. Number one, you need bubbles. Number two, the Philips Wake Up Light. Wake up, wake up, wake up. Number three. Number three, the Bellroy 
hide-and-seek wallet. Do you know why? Because just before I'm going out, I say, I can't find my wallet. And everyone starts to play hide-and-seek in our house. We're all running. And it's not only the wallet, but it's also the... Thank you. So you need a soda stream to make bubbles, and you need to have a wake-up light and a Bellroyd hide-and-seek wallet. But number four is a badger hair-shaving brush. Not so good for the badger, but good for you. Number five, you need the Philips Sony Care Diamond Clean toothbrush because that will instantly change your life. Number six, and I think this is getting pretty close to the truth. I'll make it number seven. Number six will be the Nightwave Sleep Assistant. So the two of the number seven most important products that will change your life instantly are something that will wake you up and something that will put you to sleep. But number seven is the Nespresso DeLonghi Machine. Thank you, Jesus. One out of seven is not bad. So what I did was then, I thought, I'm going to Google products that give life. And do you know what I found? Nothing. Nothing. Because they haven't invented it because it's already been. And he who gives life is the son of life. Amen? You can't buy it. You can't negotiate for it. There's nothing that you can do to get it because it's free, 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 free. And his name is Jesus. He is life. Life is more than ease, comfort, or a product. This is what life is. Righteousness and holiness, that's what it is. When I ask Christ to come into my life, he makes me righteous and he makes me holy. And therefore, having peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, because of that, I can live life. And that's what he's saying. Jesus brings the ability through the death on the cross and his resurrection and ascension, he brings life and he presents it before you. But sadly, people will spend thousands of dollars in the next few weeks to try and find something that will give them the spark of life. And folks, that's why we have buyer's remorse. Because we're looking for something to fulfill our life, change our life, lead our life, give us life. And it's as empty as an old tin can. Wow. All that stuff, granted, it may improve your life, but it's not the source of true life. Jesus is. Only Christ can give it. Why are we clambering for stuff? Why? When he presents himself before us, I present before you, Life and death, choose life. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the direction. I give direction. I am the truth. I am dependable. Everything that I say, 
will not falter. And I am the life. When I ask Christ to come into my life, I tell you what, I received life. And folks, that's what it's about. In this time when you're going to have that, that, you know, that anxiety that's inward and that emotional shock and you don't know what's going on, turn to him who is the way, the truth and the life. And you will take your focus off this temporal world and you will put it on that eternal world because we're just passing through. We're just, we are just people who are journeying to a greater, greater place. We've just finished reading the book of Hebrews in our daily journal reading. And if you don't have it and you don't have a journal reading book, we'll give you one. But if we just finished Hebrews in chapter 11, where it talks about those of faith, great faith. It says this, they were looking for a city whose builder and maker was God. And even though they did not obtain it, they kept going forward. Because all this other stuff, just nonsense. Do you want to live life? Do you want to live truth? you want to live in the way? Then keep asking Jesus, speak to me, speak to me, speak to me. Show me, Lord. Show me your ways that I might walk in them. Lord, speak truth into my life so I can can have the total of truth. Lord, fill me with your life because in your life is full of abundance. Why don't you stand with me this morning? It's, I feel that, you know, with this type of scripture and we look at the disciples' lives, I feel like it, God is, is bringing to us this morning Here's the answer for trouble, troubled heart. An answer for the troubled heart is to place your faith in him and where you are going. Take your eyes off it and put your faith in him who is the way, the truth and the life. And things change. They change instantly when we take our eyes off our problem and we look to him. I just want you to close your eyes this morning. I don't feel to ask for people to come to to the front for prayer because I believe it is almost like I feel in my spirit that God is saying to, to us, here it is, go for it. Take it. Take it if you want it. Just take it. Take it. And if you have him and you ask him to speak to you, he will speak to you. If you seek me, You will find me, there is no doubt, but you must with all of your heart. All of your heart. Father God, this morning, we cry out to you, Lord, that you would would reveal yourself for who you are, the way, the truth, and the life. And Lord, as we travel through this, this world, we know that we're going to have times where we're going to have that inward anxiety and that, that kind of emotional shock. 
And Lord, when it happens that we will we will not relinquish our will to it, but we will lift our eyes and look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. I pray, Lord God, for everyone here this morning, Lord, that you would touch them. Lord, only you can meet the desires of a person's heart. Only you, Lord Jesus. And I pray that you come by your Spirit this morning. Lord, you would reveal things to us that we need to step away from and what we need to step up to. Thank you, Jesus. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you've never asked Him to come into your life, it's just a simple prayer. Jesus, come into my life. Come into my life. I'm going to relinquish my will to you. I'm going to trust you because you are the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening today. I hope you subscribe to the podcast so you can be inspired weekly. God bless and have a great day.